Welcome tonight. We are going to be talking business with the one and only Dr. Drax. Drax and I are going to be digging in to some business topics that's going to help you in running your DJ business. We'll be right back. DJ Event Planner will change the way you manage and run your business. Streamline all of your procedures and software into one easy-to-manage system. DJ Event Planner, the ultimate online planner.
right, we are back and we are ready to talk business. Drax, how are you doing tonight? I am so awesome. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah. Whatever holiday you're into, I'm into Christmas, obviously, but this is my favorite time of year because this is the time you have to really evaluate your business. Because we're a few weeks out from the end of the year, and now's the time to start compiling the numbers and seeing what that roll-up's going to look like. And that's what we're going to do and dig into that a little bit tonight. I want to change. There we go. I want to make that just a little bit better. Uh, I had to crop us in differently. So, um, ah, well, I'll crop us so, in. Yeah. Otherwise, it was. It's like, oh, I had it set for the other screen when we were doing it earlier. So, so yeah, we're going to dig into the business side of things, and I want to start probably at the most important part of a business is is the profit side or making money as make a successful business. You know, makes money for a person. And I talk to a lot of DJs who talk about they they're like, yeah, I'm making you know I get these shows and I'm making you know ten thousand dollars on a show and boy, boy, all this money's flowing in, and yet they're not using they're not making money in their business. So let's kind of dig How into that. How can that be? They have checks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they do. Let's let's give them some ideas of why maybe they're not making money when they have checks. The number one reason, number one reason, is. They don't know what it costs to provide their service. I talking to a fellow last week, and I said, so what's your cost? Not C-O-S-T, your C-O-S, cost of service. Huh? <laughs> what does it cost you to yep. provide your service? If I want to hire you, I don't need your price in helping you grow your business. I need to know what does it cost you to provide that service? Huh? Well, what's your gross margin? Huh? <laughs> These two items are the law and the profits. They will define almost everything for you. Your gross margin is the difference between expenses and income divided. Produces a percentage. That tells you how profitable that product or that service is. Because it says after all the costs are out, I made this much money one time, two time, a quarter of a time compared to what it cost to provide it. So let's dig into cost of service. Exactly. That's where I was cost thinking. Great, great idea. Go to that angle. Because I think a lot of times DJs just don't even comprehend all the aspects of what it takes to produce that show. Well, you know, let's just go to the basic ideas. You have a website that's going to cost you some amount of money every year divided by 12 or more appropriately divided by the total number of events you see yourself desiring to, to book over the course of a year. Uh, let's take another common thing, music. Don't steal music. Get it from reliable <laughs> sources like promo only. You had Nick Khan on the other night. Yep. You know, obviously I'm a huge advocate for not stealing music. I'm a huge advocate for DJs supporting our industry and legitimately buying music from great companies like Promo Only, ERG, RPM Top Hits, uh, the new company that Jim is putting together to replace TM Studios, and there are probably a couple of others. Mm -hmm. But so let's take that. Whatever that is per month, divide it by the number of events, or just annualize it, divide it by the total annual number of events. Boom, you have a price. Now let's take how much do you need to make every month to live? or a year. Let's annualize your income. What do you need to live to pay your mortgage, 
cover health insurance, liability insurance, you know, because liability insurance is another item. Oh, for sure. Start putting those together. And then you say, let's divide my income by the number of, of events I have targeted to book. That's the number of, out of your event that has to be covered for you to be paid. So now if you take just these four simple things, your income, uh, music, web hosting, liability insurance, and as I said, your income, those four items, and they are a lot more than this, just those four. But if you take those four from a simplistic point of view, that gives you a number. And that number is your cost of services. Mm -hmm. Oh, but wait, we didn't add profit for the business. Now, this isn't profit that you take out. This is retained earnings profit. So typically, you're going to put 15% of that total cost as a profit item. And that means 15% of your costs need to be recovered back for profit, for future expansion, growth, development, economic security for the company. And obviously now a couple other line items are going to be what does it cost to maintain your gear? What, how much money are you setting aside based on, hey, I just got the new Evolve 50s. How many years of service should I get from them before I need to replace them? Yeah. Because there's something newer and cooler. That, how many years? So you take that, divide by number of years by 12, that gets you a monthly number or an annualized number, that becomes a, a factor of what you're going to do. Consumables. If you're consuming things like confetti, glow products, those become something to think about. Yep, it's all there. Oh, hey, wait a minute. We forgot your car, your personal <laughs> transportation that gets you to and from your, your events. Bingo. There's a deduction of what it costs to pay for your car, keep your car operating and maintained, the government has a specific amount of mileage uh, reimbursement that you can extract from it. Mm -hmm. But if you make your business own your car, you don't have to worry about an annualized mileage deduction because that mileage deduction becomes a functionality of using your personal vehicle. If the vehicle is owned by the company, it's assumed it's 100% business use. Therefore, all of its expenditures are deductible. So now you just take a few of these things and you start to roll up a number. Do the math, folks. A simple Excel spreadsheet is going to really help you do this. So as you, you get that going forward, now you divide that by the total number of events you're doing. And you go, holy Moses, that's my cost of service. That's my cost of service. Mm -hmm. Now, don't be stupid and charge people what your cost of service number is just because it has your income in it. Charge as much as the market will let you get away with. And I'm not talking about ripping people off or anything else, but ultimately your cost of service is here. Your price needs to be up here, and that price is a function of value. It's a function of demand for your services. Yep. This holds true with any business, widget business, phot photography, videography, service businesses, you want to maximize that, that income, that revenue. That's business profit. That's additional profit. Now, because the good part is when you've done this, you can then take that profit and you can take it as a distribution. Because if you own your company, if you're a corporation, you would have shares. 
if you're a uh, sole proprietorship, which is totally, I think, the dumb thing to do, uh, because if you don't understand, LLCs and inks will give you a ton more tax deductions under the current tax laws, which will allow you to write off things like if you provide health care for everyone in your company, even though everyone in your company is you and your wife and kids that work for mm-hmm. you, that's 100% deductible as a business expense. 100%. What you pay personally for health insurance is not. It's only an aggregated percentage. So there's reasons to do these things, but that additional revenue is what raises the market. That additional revenue between your cost of service and price point is what allows you to be successful. Oh, did I mention with convention season coming up, everybody wants to go to the photo booth expo or to Mobile Beat, MBLB 23, I think it is. I think so. You're going to need money for conventions. Don't go to conferences on credit. Rather, price yourself appropriately. So, hey, guess what? Back in that COS number, we've got a line for education. And so your educational expenses are put in there. Oh, guess what that does? That raises your cost of service, which means your price needs to rise because you, you want to get the price always at the highest point. The way you know your price point is there is when you start losing more events than you're booking. For me, optimally, the idea is to book a full calendar, of whatever that is you determine, be it 30, 40, 50 events at, the, at a price point where you're, you're converting at least 40 to 60% of your incoming business into to bookings. The key here, folks, is you need to generate substantially more leads than bookings needed. Why is this important? Because the more people that want to hire you, that's called the demand curve. Yep. The more that want to hire you, and you've got this, say, I want to work 42 events. You've heard my seminar on 42. Mm-hmm. I want to do 42 parties. But 175 people want to hire me for their event during that window. What does that say about where my price point can be? My price point can be a lot higher. Certainly. Because the demand, and I'm not talking people that call you on the phone or email you. I'm talking people that are Legit. at the point of discussion legitimately yeah. They're ready to write a check. Yep. Not, not suspects, prospects. True. Exactly. Prospect. Yeah. Prospects, not suspects. So what that does for you is that is the other part of this business aspect, which is the value proposition. You know, it's, it's said, Jeff Gittimer says, people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. Yep. Well, they love to buy because you have value. Folks, here's the deal. In the absence of value, everyone shops on price. Mm-hmm. You do it, I do it, we all do it. And if you listen to anybody that tells you that's not true, they're lying to you <laughs> Yep. because it's the perception of a commodity. For example, if I want a hamburger, I can get a hamburger at McDonald's for X amount of money. I can get another hamburger at Burger King for a comparable amount of money, maybe mm-hmm. a few pennies up or down. I can go get a luxury burger for twice the price, maybe three times the price. Well, the only way that place gets away with charging me 10 or 11 or $12 for that hamburger is they've got to provide me an increased experience. 
an increased value. So as we come back to cost of service, you need to factor everything into it because ultimately it always factors into your value and into your pricing. Uh, to give you an example, I never had packages. I had a fixed price because I never wanted to be doing a $500 or $800 party when a much higher price party Could rings be. my doorbell. Yeah, I want to make sure, since my business plan was predicated on 42 Saturdays, I want to make sure that every uh, one of those 42 Saturdays is at what I would call my rack rate or above. That's the contracted amount or above. I mean, that makes sense, right, John? Oh, certainly it does, yeah. Well, so as we go back and we look at cost of, of goods, don't be cheap. This is where most DJs fail and screw up their business plan. They want to go, well, I own my equipment. Yes. Okay. You've own, you own your equipment. Have you actually set in place an, an actualized plan for reimbursing you for the purchase of that equipment? Yeah. Because if you bought it with your personal money, then it's not your business. Again, unless you're a proprietorship, which again is dumb, 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 dumb. You want to say, I ought to be reimbursed for the money I loaned my company to buy equipment. Mm -hmm. So that's a line item. All of these things factor in. The more things you honestly and objectively factor in, the easier it becomes to see what your worth is, your value, because you know what your real cost of service is. Mm -hmm. You know what it costs to do it. Because guess what, folks? Excel will not lie to you. The only time it will lie to you is if you lie to it and don't put enough information in. So wrapping on cost of service, that's the construct. It's a simple thing. It's not voodoo magic. Make a spreadsheet. Column A is item names. Column B is annualized amounts. Boom. The bottom, you take all the things we've talked about, divide it by the number of parties, in my case, 42. That is your price period. Mm -hmm. That is your base cost of service. That's the price. If you don't make that every single event, you are losing money. You're not going to have the income that you want. You're not going to have the disposable income for gear, education, etc. You will always be short. However, if you do that and say, that's the base, now I need to price up here a little higher, that now allows you for more profit. What does that mean? doesn't mean you take it home and spend it that week. It means you keep it in the bank account until the end of the year or until if you want to do a quarterly profit distribution, that's fine. But you want to be stingy and selfish with it, mm -hmm. miserly. You want to be Scrooge. You want to tell Bob Cratchit to get out there and get another penny. Sorry, worst English. I, I, I was going to say that. <laughs> Getting into the season. <laughs> But, you know, yeah. but the, the idea is you want to be miserly to the point with that extra profit. You don't want to allow yourself to just, well, the English term would be piss it away. So you want to take that and keep that money, let it earn money for you. And as you grow it, hey, guess what? When it becomes a sizable amount, a few thousand dollars, you can do something else with it. Mm -hmm. You can invest. Yes. In here. But you can invest it in something that will plan for your retirement. Oh, did we talk about retirement, John? Yeah. Because no, guess what, folks? It's coming of, for you. Yeah, the cost of service. You, need, you need money in that cost of service to fund your retirement, not just your income. And so the great part, 
as you're doing all these things, you're going, holy crap, I don't make money at $800. No. And it blows away the whole, my market won't pay more because you start to realize that, of course they will. Because they pay more for every other service in your market related to the events business. The only reason they won't pay more isn't because you have bottom feederitis and it's it's infected by some other DJ. You have bottom feederitis because it's infected you and it's your disease. And the only way you purge it is do the math. Start taking a serious look at your business and then going, well, I don't think my market will support $800. Then you need to go out and say, if that's what I believe, I either need to move to another market or I need to find out who will pay that in my market? When it was in the mid to late 90s, and I realized I needed to charge $2,500 to replace my income as an, as a, uh, an engineer mm-hmm. with insurance. And, and by, the, oh, by the way, did I forget the line item? Maybe you want to put some money in that thing for vacation. You see, because if you have a day job, of any substance, you'll get so many days paid vacation. So you might want to have some funds available so you actually can take one. (laughs) And by doing this, oh, guess what? Cost of goods went up. But these are the things you do to prepare a great business, to have a great life and a great career. So as we, we come back around, now you know what you have to charge. So now the objective is, and and I felt those feelings like there's nobody that's going to pay that. Mm -hmm. One of my friends said, what? So you can't figure that out? There's no one? Okay, I'll look. You know, and then you start to look and then you start to develop who it is. And see, this is where you change your marketing. You need to market. Word of mouth referrals are not enough because generally they don't produce enough referrals, even if you're amazing, to completely replace your calendar and then some. Yep. So you need marketing. Now, oh, guess what? I need to earn more money than I currently think my market will provide. I need to find the people that will pay it. Because I guarantee you, without exception, there isn't a market that won't. They all will. The only difference is you have to be able to present a value proposition that exceeds what you're asking them to do. Let's, let's let's put a. I wanted this is an area I wanted to dig into, and this is actually some of the notes here. Because um, you mentioned, of course, the whole concept of of the demand and the supply uh, a little earlier, sure. and now we're we're bumping right up against that because there are going to be people, as you say, in every market who will pay a variety of different price levels uh, based on the value that they're receiving. Now there are situations out there that, uh, as I've talked to DJs, that I think there's some markets that have more ability to, to uh, let's say, put, fund a higher-end uh, entertainment service. And some markets, just because of population or density, there just isn't as many people. As you're talking to DJs, are you hearing some of that, too, out there where there are some that are... I do. A, a lot of it... I feel like Stevie Wonder here. <laughs> but, sorry about that. By the way, I love Stevie Wonder. I think he's one of the best artists ever. Um I hear it, but it's largely excuses. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I mean, I've talked to numerous DJs and always say, well, population in my town is 20,000. Okay, how far are you willing to drive for work? Well, um, how far? Pick a number. Mm-hmm. 20 miles, 
50 miles? I said, certainly. I was in Southern California, and I was more than happy to drive an hour, hour and a half for an event. Well, from where I was in Carlsbad, California, an hour and a half nearly puts me in downtown L.A. Okay. That's a huge service radius. Right. In the case of this guy, 50 miles, put him in Indianapolis. For another guy, put him next to Cleveland or put him next to Cincinnati mm-hmm. or put him next to, to the 128 quarter, I think it is, in Boston. The issue is, again, this comes back to demographics. This is what I do. How far am I willing to travel to increase my opti- opportunities, my opportunity index, index? What can I do to increase that? Oh, if I'm willing to drive one hour, I can now be in a population center where my market segment now exceeds 100,000 or 200,000. And when you do that, guess what? Yes, there's probably more people. But here's the key. You, it's like fishing. When you go fishing, you try a bait. And if it doesn't work, what do you do? Do you keep fishing with the same bait? Nope. Or do you change the bait? Or you know what? Sometimes you have to move. You change. You change where you are. Exactly. You move your boat to another part of the lake. And the the key here, what we're trying to convey, is don't be distracted with trying to attract people that won't pay your price. Don't focus on people that contact you that won't pay your price. Now, I don't publish prices on websites for a specific reason. I want the in. I want the incoming lead. I want the conversation because it also becomes a buttress for future uh, cancellation date issues potentially. I want to have the conversation, even if it's a text conversation. Mm -hmm. So you want to maximize that opportunity, but you want to focus your time and attentions on those that see your value. How do you know who your, your ideal client is? Survey your past clients. Find out exactly, you know, know what they do, where they live, what kind of cars they drive, where they go to college, what their vocations are. Those things will help you develop a pattern of who your ideal client is, where they kind of hang out, and how you find more of them. And I'm not discounting word of mouth. That's very important because if you're as good as you think you are, your word of mouth should provide you two to five bookable leads. However, just remember, word of mouth is only one bad Yelp review from somebody that thought you sucked because you didn't play Mobamba, you know, and that can happen. Uh, Your competitors can put you on blast on review sites, and there's largely nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. The only solution, out-market them. Have better marketing, have more of it, and focus on attracting large volumes of people. When you do this, you can now have a, what's called a sales funnel. You can now start to filter. And some will, some won't. So what? Focus on the ones that do. You know, on Facebook today, there was a discussion about, well, how much is, you know, should you charge for four hours or something? And, it, you know, as they always do, it got into, you know, be this and you ought to do this and you ought to do X and tell them that they should have chicken or fish over beef or they shouldn't have linens or they shouldn't have crudite or they shouldn't have x y or z folks let me tell you a a key element 
in your marketing. Don't piss off everyone else in your market yeah. by talking down about other event uh, professionals and saying you're so much more valuable. What my answer has always been is how important is entertainment to the success of your event? Let them give me a number. Then say, well, you know, most customers say that a number around that value as well. So doesn't it make sense to put 10% of your budget to the item you've defined as 75% or greater of its success? You don't even have to know what their budget is. You have just boomed their head mm -hmm. with, wow, that's kind of like makes real sense. Yeah. You know, another thing you can do is, there was a fave of mine was, uh, and Corey had mentioned this also in this, this thread, is tell people to take their budget, divide it by the number of people, divide that by the number of hours. That's how many dollars they lose every hour somebody goes home early. It's another shocker. And you don't have to even get into knowing their numbers or what they want to spend it on. But hey, guess what? When I have a conversation of any level, that's one of the first things I approach after getting all of their particulars. Why? Because I want them in my sales funnel. That might mean I have to email them or text them maybe 8, 9, 10, 11 times before they say, leave us alone. But reality has shown in sales that it takes multiple points of contact to actually make conversion. Now, why is it important to know if, how high they place uh, entertainment? If they tell you it's yeah, 20%, 30%, why are you going to argue with them? Because that means there's something else that they feel is more important. Mm -hmm. And if you're telling them to pick chicken and they really want a prime rib wedding, well, A, it makes you look bad. B, they don't want to hire you now. Yeah. Because you're telling them information they don't want to hear. And you're never going to talk a person out of what they have their heart set on. And, you know, if a woman wants a Vera Wang or whatever the latest designer gown is, you're going to have a hard road to hoe as a DJ if you go out there and try to say, you know, you don't really need that because Kmart has some great deals on wedding dresses. And they look awesome. You know, folks, so the key with our marketing and this value proposition, how you handle it, the way you handle it is, again, by taking the emotion out. Get out of that emotional place where you're wanting to feel like you're defending yourself or justifying yourself. And instead, get into the math mode. Get into the dispassionate facts mode. Well, not enough people in my little suburb want to hire me. Okay, how far do I got to go to get a large enough distribution? Here's a clue. Find out how many marriage licenses are is issued in your service area, your county, for example. You'll probably go, holy crap, that's a lot. Yes, do a count of how many wedding venues or how many special event venues there are in your market. Consider that they're probably sitting on a half a million to a million dollars in real estate. That tells you that venue needs to make money or it goes away. That tells you that there's a lot of events. So what do you do? You need to network with all those people. But you, coming back to it doesn't fly in my market, it does. You just have to do the work to make it fly. You have to go out and do the research because when you do this research, this becomes the backbone of your price integrity. It mm -hmm. becomes the backbone that you got. I know my cost of goods. 
I know how many weddings are, are held in my market. Now, when I was doing multiple types of events, I knew exactly how many high schools with a population of greater than 500 or 1,000, how many corporations in my market with, with sales greater than 10 million. And I use 10 million because they generally can weather most economic storms and still do appropriate sociality. Mm-hmm. How many, you know, am I in a Jewish population? If you're inclined to do mitzvahs, am I in a Hispanic population? If you're inclined to do quinceaneras, all of these things give you facts to aggregate into what is my opportunity index? How many events are held every year out there in my market that allow me to think about, I only have to book 42 out of 5,000. Right. And I only have to find my right 42. And when you do that and you take that mindset, now your price becomes less of an issue to you. You're less uneasy about it because you know your cost of goods. You know what you need to earn to make that business plan, that rudimentary business plan, work out. And you know if you make less than that, you lose. But here's a real bonus. Bonus, bonus time. Guess what? If you've set your business plan for 42 Saturdays, and all of your cost of goods is absorbed off those 42 Saturdays, what does a Tuesday wedding become? Right. What does a Wednesday middle school dance become? Retirement. Profits. Yeah, put it in, and you put it in retirement. Exactly. That money is almost 100% profit. Now, yes, you might have some consumables, confetti, glow, whatever right. have you. And if people call you and say, Wow, we really liked you at Sarah, but we have, you know, we're, we're budget constrained. I was never above suggesting, well, uh, I could do you a better price if you wanted to get married on Wednesday mm-hmm. or Thursday or a Tuesday. Now, some will tell you no, and you just say, and when they do, you just have to handle it graciously and politely. And when you even broach this, and share with them the idea that you're a full-time business person or you're running a, a real business. Full-time or part-time actually shouldn't factor into this. You're running a business, and a business makes money. And I need to work this many Saturdays at my quoted price to earn my living and pay my bills just like you do with yours. Mm-hmm. So coming back again to the opportunity NIMBY thing, NIMBY is blown out of the water by simply doing the work of finding what your opportunities are, developing your opportunity index, and that then defines, holy crap, I only need to book so many events out of it. Here's another bonus piece. How many of you charge more for New Year's Eve? I always do. How about you, John? Did you charge more for New Year's Eve? The last time I did one, but I haven't done a New Year's Eve for a number of years, and that's by choice more than anything else because it's not uh, not, not not worth it even at a high dollar because I've got well, see, family in mine is. I just set that dollar high enough that it will induce me to go <laughs> to go yeah. out and do it. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because, oh, you want me to do your New Year's Eve? Great. Are you having it at a hotel? Yes, I hope so, and almost all of them tend to. Well, great. That includes... Uh, a night's hotel stay at that host hotel that's factored into the price that I quote so that I stay there. So I don't go out and drive with drunks and deal with that, but rather 
I'm not bothered. And they pay me more because that's the inducement to get my supply to meet their demand. Mm -hmm. Now, ask yourself this question if you easily charge more for New Year's Eve. Outside of the consecutive number of dates on the calendar, do you know which Saturday has the most weddings in your hit company's history? Well, if you've got three times, five times the demand for a given date, be it the third Saturday of June or the second Saturday of July, whatever that date is, maybe it's in October. Yep. For some markets, October is the hot wedding month. Yeah, it has become that, yes. And so if you've got a lot more demand for October, well, supply and demand. This is simple economics. If you've got five times the demand for your service, your price should go up. I'm not going to say it should go up 500%. But it should go up. Why? Because you can. Mm -hmm. Because that's what running a business is. When you're a, a business that is tied to supply and demand, if there's five times the demand, that means you're worth five times as much. Because there's five times less people out there to provide that service. You follow that? Mm -hmm. Oh, there, certainly. You know, five times the demand means there's 20% the, the audience to service that demand is only 20% of it. So with it, you're worth more. Charge more. Mm, yes. And, and, and so as you come back on this value proposition, you have to be deeply rooted in your heart that you're worth what you charge. Every last penny of it, that you're not flim-flamming anybody. You know, and as I just was speaking about demand-based pricing, that's not being harmful to anybody because if there's the demand people will truly pay it if they and if they don't then you'll have to lower your price until you book that date for sure but if somebody will will book and pay your elevated rate for that date why not yeah because that's what you're in business to do you're in business for the five letter word p-r-o-f-i-t period mm -hmm. because guess what folks you're going to lay down and one day and go to sleep and you're not going to wake up and I guarantee you, you're not going to say, wow, God, I really wished I'd have done another $300 party. Yep. Yeah. It's not and the reason I, I say this is because in the end of the day for all of us, life is valued by those we share it with. And I would rather be with my grandkids sometimes than doing an event sure. so it gets to this time of year sure i'll go out and do something uh for the right price but it's also when all of my grandchildren have well i hate saying the word but I, it is what it is mm -hmm. it's when their school plays are when their co yeah. uh, choir things are yep i don't want to be that absentee person in their life certainly neither should you neither should you so make enough money that you can live the life you desire to live. Does that kind of wrap up on our value ideas? I think so. Um, one area I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit is when we're talking, when we're talking pricing is specifically uh, high demand times of the year. And as you're trying to convey that to DJs and DJs, they know that they, they get the calls because that's when they start thinking about adding another system for those two dates. Sure. But, a great a great example of this of how to do this and that people are used to is let's look at let's look at tickets for my local Minnesota Vikings uh, football team. Sure. 
Preseason tickets, which we will call those the slow slow times, those they practically give those away. I mean, yes, there's a charge, yep. but you can probably get seats for 10 bucks a piece if you really want to. When the Green Bay Packers come to town or when Chicago Bears, now that they, they're, when some of the big names, big teams come, the, there are seats in there. And when you buy your season tickets, you get, they will show you on the thing is that I can buy a season ticket for a seat. Some games, it'll be priced at $80. Some games, it's $320 for the yep. same seat from the Vikings. So they're charging a season ticket holder multiple rates. It's out there. It's accepted. People understand it. They may grumble about it, but it's the reality that it happens. And and why I like football is because it's entertainment. That's what they're they're paying a premium yep. for entertainment. So it's exactly. not like it doesn't happen. And people can. Here's another one. We talked about Mobile. You're all gonna go to Mobile Beat. Yep. You're all gonna do it, right? So good. You're gonna all book a room at a hotel, be it the host hotel or wherever. You know, that's up to you. I believe, obviously, in supporting the show and staying on site whenever possible. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Take a look at your folio. You're going to find you didn't pay the same price every single night. Yes, yes when they book your room, they're going to give you a price, and they're going to kind of tell you it's $55 a night or $89 a night. And you're going to look at that, and you're going to notice, well, wait a minute. Thursday is more expensive. Sunday is really cheap. Yes. Monday is about the same. Tuesday starting to peak. And you end up with an aggregate per night price of X. But in the end, you're going to notice that certain nights had a higher price. Why? Were they just wanting to gouge people? Or were they following market-based philosophy, mm -hmm. demand-based philosophy? Hey, guess what? We know at Thursday and Friday, that's... That's our. That's when Vegas makes its money. Yeah, outside of the convention business that comes into town, uh, obviously. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is their money window. So Thursday will have more money, and Friday will definitely be more money. Why shouldn't you be more money? When the demand is higher, why should you not be more money? Mm -hmm. You're leaving money on the table that's there to be gotten. Now you, you have to be shrewd because you have to be offering value. And the value is the same as what you provide prior, but the difference is they perceive they got a better value because they paid more. Now, how can that be? Because they were able to secure you when four other people were not. Follow? Mm -hmm. they, were the, they were the top 20% that got the date when the other four couldn't. And... You know, when it's a, a in-demand date, somebody will say, well, but you did Sally's wedding last June for this date. Yes. And you say, you're right. And our rate on that same high-demand Saturday was this, was that price. Our rates have risen over the last 12 months due to increasing demand. We have more demand this year for that date than we did last year. Therefore, it commands a higher premium but again you know if you want to back your event off of that prime saturday a couple days either way i've got a lot of latitude yeah. to make a deal and again never ever 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 go below that cost of service because that's loserville 
Loserville. <laughs> but the, the thing is, when you've done it correctly, that cost of service still makes you profit for the business, still pays you an income, still provides for health care, still provides for vacation, still provides for your retirement, and your business plan for your life goes forward. Because guess what? And we'll talk about this in some future show. Eventually, you're going to need an exit strategy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and as as we're getting closer to that that day, it's become a bigger topic for uh, for a lot of us. Well, you are. I, I've still got decades to go, but you're a dinosaur. <laughs> exactly. I just sweet. You, you know, so so hopefully that helped our our no. I think I think our some... audience understand a bit about uh, date range pricing and demand based pricing. Now, you brought up something interesting about putting another system on for those dates. Absolutely. You can do that uh, because as, as your demand cre- increases, you have a couple of options. Raise your price for the dates or you can add staff for those dates and fill those other, other event dates. Here's the problem. You're going to suck when you do it because if you just add somebody willy-nilly and you're, oh, I'm booking you for two parties and then you're yep. putting them back into the, into the sea – they have little motivation to rock for you. Yes. What I do or did uh, is those events would be farmed to other members of my association. Now, no, I didn't make money on it, but I helped someone in my association book a solid event for more money. Cause my, my caveat is here is, well, now don't be stupid and don't charge less than this. They're already prepared to pay this price. Mm-hmm. Now, you can be up and down a little bit, but don't, don't go off into the weeds and offer it at half because you disservice me and you disservice our market, which we're working together to build. And so these are things you can do. But overarching, as we talked about the number of inquiries that you've got coming in, when you know, if you're booking 70, 80, 90% of the people that contact you, A, you have very little leads or you are not charging enough. Right. Period. If you're not losing some business, you're not charging enough. But with that, when the demand increases and goes significantly, you can raise your personal brand price or B, you can add staff. And guess what? Sometimes you can do both. Yep. You can, you can increase your personal brand price and you can add staff and increase their price because you've created demand. Creating demand is the single best thing a mobile DJ can do to fight poverty and to fight bottom feederitis. It's the single most important thing you can do to set your value and to raise the value in your marketplace and determine what you can actually achieve. And it's easy peasy. I'm not saying it's not without hard work, but the steps are easy. Right. Yep. It's not like there's 25 zillion steps. It's not the road less traveled. It's a short progress. Yeah, and that'll be... Plan, implement, evaluate, revise, rinse and repeat. You're talking at most 10 steps. I think the, the idea of... Uh, I'm going to make that down. The, the Creating a demand for your service. I think that should be a... Uh, that's going to be a future topic for us, Drex. Awesome. I look forward to it because 
there are some very clear things that you can do to create demand for your service. Yep. And, I think and here's a teaser. Gear is almost always not one of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's true. That's true. But we'll dig into more of those later. So, Absolutely. Drex, Drex thank you much for being on tonight and sharing uh, some of your passion for, for the business side awesome. of it and the number side of it. We had a really good crowd. Thank you guys for watching. We had uh, great crowds on both YouTube and Facebook tonight. I will, awesome. Uh, MJ is going to be back here. He'll be on YouTube only. So you go to youtube.com slash news at the top of the hour. So we're going to be at 9 o'clock Eastern. MJ will be coming on. And tonight he's going to be talking about how to kind of pimp out your system and basically cut customize your gear so it kind of reflects your personality so we'll catch you guys later awesome. thanks, thanks again Josh. sounds great thank Bye -bye, you john everybody.